regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features of Sean. Hello and welcome to the Regular Features podcast. Uh, this week, broadcasting from quite a sad week for reasons that I'm sure will be obvious to everybody. You might not have heard me introducing the podcast for a long time. Um, I have come back to the podcast because of the events of this week. We have we've had to bring back in the big gun, but just because of the the grieving, oh. it felt like it was it was only right to come uh, to come back uh, for the podcast. And actually, when the news hit that um, the People's Prince had passed away, the entire of regular features was actually was actually out at a nightclub. Um, yeah. yeah, so it was a real yeah. memorable event. It was such a strange, yeah. So sorry to interrupt, but yeah, no, it was. No. It was such like so. I don't know if, if people were at home when they were listening to the radio and like um, the, the the radio one was in the middle of a dance mix, and then suddenly it just stopped, and the news broke that this man had died, or they were just in the middle of homes under the hammer. And then just just as the auction was coming to a close, it was like, no, I'm sorry, uh, you can't, you can't know how much this house has gone for because there's more important news. The hammer was just mm. about to drop, and someone just came over and put their hand on the hammer and just said, no. Dion Dublin turns round. Just put this home underneath the hammer, and now it's all been for nothing. Yeah, it was like, where were you when nine eleven happened? But luckily, I was, for, I was in the nightclub actually when that happened as look, well. Oh, sorry. I thought nine eleven was, was code name for the dead. I was in. I was in a nightclub when Gina G won the Eurovision Song Contest. Jesus. I was with Gina G in a nightclub at nine eleven. That's such a weird coincidence. That's mad. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I once called nine 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 on a man called Gina because he was trying to break into my neighbor's garage into my G Reg car. <laughs> <laughs> but because we're all professional podcasters, we've got our um, dictaphones on us at all times. So, um, I was actually recording at the time we found out that PP had done the old dead. <laughs> PP dead. That's one of the headlines. They yeah. <laughs> spaces so, at a premium. PP done the DD, the final DD. It may be harrowing for us to listen back to but i think it may be therapeutic for i think us it's it's to... only right you know it's a comedy podcast usually but we need to take a break from that now like as is correct with the uk comedy has been made legal for at least two weeks now so just, we can just properly get through this so i just it's comedy documentary come... this podcast now that's what <laughs> we go by nothing that happens after this will be funny and i can promise you that let me just hit play on this. I'll put this in. Why? That was perfect. Hey, Joe! Have you have you got any more of these ecstasy tablets? I've, I've run out! Sure, take as many as you need from this champagne bucket of party pills. This is a cool underground rave party after all. Yeah! It's hard to believe that the regular features team have been regularly attending drug-fueled illegal raves in an old railway archer since lockdown began in contravention of government advice. But I'm not about to let Sir Keir Starmer tell me I can't take my blouse off in an unventilated warehouse and spit into the mouths of willing strangers and have strangers spit into my mouth in return. I'm sorry, but last time I checked, I'm a free man. You, you don't need to tell me twice. 
I love this tune. I know, right? It's a, it's a banging banger. Yeah, it really makes me feel like, you know, dancing. Oh, I can't agree more. Let's just dance. Buckingham Palace has announced the death of His Royal Highness the Duke of Edinburgh. What? Uh, surely they must mean a different Prince Philip. Why has everybody stopped dancing? Why are they all laying down on the ground? Like at the end of that Radiohead music video. What is going on? We cut to the A&E room where Prince Philip is. A heart monitor beeps and goes dead. But the beeps beep back into life. <gasps> where am I? Mr. Prince Philip, hello. Who the Aboriginal bollock are you? My name is Tom. Tom fuck! Please, just try to relax, Prince Philip. My name is Tom, Captain Tom, and I'm a time cop. I've never heard of anything quite so ridiculous, and I've seen a Welshman wearing cufflinks. <laughs> yes, quite. Listen, Philip, I'm Time Cop Captain Tom from 70 billion years away, and I've got my Time Cop Captain Tom top hat on, which means things have become quite serious. Oh, just let me die already. You will die in due course, let me assure you of that. But before that, I, which I have assured you, you have been chosen. Chosen? Chosen to put right what once went wrong, to ensure the flow of time ebbs towards its ultimate fate, to correct the chrono-aberrations that seek to yank the course of history into the rough. It'll be your job as Time Cop to chaperone the timeline back into alignment by whatever action necessary, no matter how harsh, no matter the cost. You're talking cunt nonsense. Am I? Your daughter-in-law, Diana. I love her incredibly today, in 2021, when she is alive. What if I told you she's bad bonkers for landmines? As we speak, she's planting landmines all around Liberia when nobody's looking, so that later on, after she's gone, everybody gets exploded, and she laughs. She laughs like she's just heard a good James Acaster joke. That's ridiculous. Is it? Think about it. Okay, fine, I've thought about it, and yes, everything you've said seems incredibly plausible. So you'll join the time police. Mm, but I'm about to die of being 99. The BBC News alert's gone out and everything. Mr. Philip, sir. Can I call you Mr. Philip? Time. Time is a round tuboid. Where one piece ends, another begins, and it all connects up like a battered onion ring. You can't write improvise in the a di script. Di the, direct the direction says to improvise the shape of time. Yes, come on. Uh, what, do I mine it? <laughs> Look, we know, we know you love improvising. A battered onion ring. The, the crispy outside is the, the time that can be changed, but the solid core of the onion is immutable fact that will exist. You can't change that. You can twist it, make it Mobius, whatever. Just look, just put this chronograph around your wrist and you'll understand. Oh, wow. I see now I... I understand my mission. Everything I've done now has been in service of this calling. I am a time cop. 
and my objective is to kill my evil daughter-in-law, Diana, Princess of Wales, in a French tunnel, and then murder a bunch of future Hitlers by ramming into them with my Land Rover. You've got it, buddy. That's not the voice I was used before, but it's not. You've got it, buddy. <laughs> it works. With that chronograph on your wrist, this moment here today can last forever. Your duties can save countless billions of innocent lives. But what about me? Aren't I about to die here today? Emotional, like, go full emotions, put all your emotions into this. So, like, this is... You're, you know, you're telling Prince Philip that he's going to die today, okay. but what he's, what he's going to do is greater than anything he could possibly ever imagine. I'm going to have to put the word well before, because it's hard to yes. start emotions with a T oh, sound. Yes. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Well, today, Time Cop Philip, well, today is April the 9th, and that is the day you die. No chronograph can change that. No Prince can change your fate. No matter how far you travel in time and how much good work you do. Today... Hang on, I'm not upset. I'm supposed to be important here, aren't I? Yeah, you're important. Okay. Yeah. Today. You still you're, Today. Sli- you're slightly you're sort of reassuring him, but also... The gravity of the fact that he's dying oh, okay. today. Brilliant. I thought I was cannot I, hide that. From I him. thought I was going to be upset the fact he was dying. Sorry. This is more direction than has been given for any script on this podcast ever it's before. <laughs> I'm racked. I feel like I'm yeah. watching the the directors. It's a, like the extra scenes good, on a DVD. I genuinely think is a good scene. It is I like today. It. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm just. I wasn't. So Joe says, "But what about me? Aren't I about to die today?" So he's a, he's today. afraid. Oh. Today, Time Cop Philip, well, April the 9th is the day you die. No chronograph can change that. No prince can change your fate, no matter how far you travel in time and how much good work you do. Today was destined. Yesterday is not. That's such a good line. That's great, Log. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, well, well written, Log. <laughs> I, I wrote that, but yeah, today was destined. Yesterday is not. I mean, I'm not saying I could get a, I could be a scriptwriter for. So, I'm um, sorry, Joe. It's your line. Go. Hmm. A cruel irony to improve the lives of so many, but never be known for it. To die only to be regarded as a crooked old racist. An out-of-touch lunatic and totem of the poisonous imperial ideology that rots in the heart of this disunited queendom. A small price to pay, I suppose, for the betterment of all people. Do I, uh, do I have to say this? Uh, yeah, yes, I'm going to really please. put the accent on so no one can ever trace this back to me, all right? Even the... And their tits out. Hey now, time cop Philip. It's time you closed your eyes and got some rest. Your chronograph is fully charged and you've got work to do. Hi, I'm Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap. And Ziggy says you've got to listen to regular features, and there's a 49% chance of that. Uh right, yeah. So we've covered the radio and nightclub response to the death of Royal. Um but the interesting thing, because obviously the BBC, if you haven't seen it, genuinely, the footage of Radio 1 responding to uh, yeah. to the death by playing God Save the Queen halfway through 
like a dance track and halfway through God Save the Queen is very odd. Have you seen any posters of? Oh yeah, I saw on my street all of the all of the signs on TFL bus stops have been replaced with a perfectly black sign and a just a simple white text saying Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, 1921-2021. Mm. Well, ad like, spend's probably quite low across the board right now anyway, isn't but it? That, that's, that's true. It was replacing an ad for um, one of those handheld razors that you shave your hair off your tits. <laughs> I, I uniquely hate these big, like... Um, new video screen advert boards we've got some of down the road from mine and i remember when they first did it they just started erecting them in the middle of the pavement just completely blocking the pavement with these massive like obelisk slabs of the screen they're just being like look it's an advert you can walk past but being like but look there's a phone thing an internet thing on the back of it that you can use so it's kind of like it's adding something to community you can use the internet for free on there but for the past six months every time i walk by the screen just says um internet access on this device has been disabled due to overuse <laughs> It's just like, it's like, don't use it, you fucks. It's because people keep turning up and Googling whether Prince Philip's died or not. Just overloaded. Fine, just put it on the screen and let them know. I think the reason I asked about the, um, I assumed that all the TV ones had been changed to Prince Philip, but there was a full-sized paper, old-fashioned poster uh, in Nottingham. I had to stop the car to, to squint at it to make sure that it was... Not a video screen. I mean, they fucking like a must billboard. have been. Someone puts up a billboard about Prince Philip being dead. <laughs> it's like yeah. preparing obituaries, but they've got posters. Yeah, so they're yeah. yeah. like camping in sheds for months, just waiting to hop out and get pasted. They must have that ready to go. Yeah, and you've got, if you go onto the John Lewis app, they had a JPEG whipped up surprisingly quickly as well. Hmm. <laughs> I've looked at those JPEGs take about seven hours to get together. A good so one. You code them, haven't you? Yeah, yeah a decent one. But Joe. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking up whether there are billboards of Prince Philip dying, but it's just Piccadilly Circus, and that's normal. Um, yeah, the mo- I, th- I find the most interesting response to royal death comes from the BBC, who have, if you haven't heard, some incredibly strict protocols for how um, royal deaths should be reported. For a start, they sort all royals into categories. So the category one, they're the biggies. Ask Queen. Like storms. Yeah. It's like storms or um, terrorists. I think they do them in like the Ace of Spades. Mm. Ace of Spades is the queen. <laughs> like the FBI most wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, <laughs> like that one PS2 game that I remember about shooting yeah. shooting bad guys. Um, yeah, so the queen's the Ace of Spades, but second only to the Ace of Spades is the Ace of... Clubs? Oh, Philip. Ace of Philip. And he he gets just the same treatment as the Queen by the BBC. Um, according, and I heard this from Jeremy Paxman, so it's got to be real. Um, but I thought I'd just read to you the bizarre protocols for BBC TV royal death reporting. Yeah, the BBC's got these crazy protocols for when a royal dies, such as like they've all got a black tie in a drawer on the anchor desk. Mm-mm-mm. That's a rumour. No, they've all got a black tie underneath their shirts that if anyone dies while they're on there, they can just flip it out and over. I heard they have them tattooed onto their chests. No, all rumours. I've got I've got the real version of that right oh. here in black and white text. Oh. Where did uh, you find it? Probably. Where, did, where did I find it? Yeah, where did you did find it? you get it? it off Paxman? Paxman gave it to me under a table in the nightclub. Whoa. Uh, so. <clears throat> I wonder why you were over there talking to Paxman for so long. In the VIP area. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 
this is what this is what Paxo said to me, right? So as soon as the deaths reported internally, all programming being broadcast on the TV has to stop. Black screen on. Mm-hmm. No audio. And then over the course of the next three hours, a black and white image of the category one royal. Smi- they have to be smiling. Is faded up gradually across the screen such that it almost imperceptibly appears. So every time you look away and look back, the face of the category one royal has somehow gotten just a bit clearer on the screen. Like if you're you leave developing the room, a photo in a dark room. Yeah, and if they if you leave the room and come back in after getting a tea or whatever, they're just like, they're more there than ever smiling is at it, you. Is it like that that myth about frogs in boiling water where if you sit looking at the screen for the whole time then you don't even notice he's appeared? That's exactly that's what Paxo said to me. That it's yeah. like the frog boil. It's yeah. a classic frog boil TV mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. That means um, you'd never I, know when he's once you get there, once you've just immune to a hundred percent opacity prince, you'll turn around and he's there. You won't even notice as he snaps your neck. I'm really annoyed that you I'm really annoyed that you used the phrase hundred percent opacity, because that's later. And I'm about to say <laughs> And I was about to say it's like being slowly haunted. Which, but yeah. During those three hours, right? All of the BBC's presenters must take, and this is in capital letters on Paxo's docks, the red elevator into the bowels of television centre. The red elevator only goes down once, and any presenter who does not enter the red elevator in time is left behind and has to scrabble the microphones. Once disembarked, all presenters have to change into their royal death garb now, this is where it gets interesting, because, yes, I'd heard the black tie. The tie, yeah. The they black have to have the, black tie drawer. in a drawer. Incorrect. What they wear is just black ruffs. Ruffs up legs and arms. Rough, Bigger ruffs all the way up the torso. <laughs> One big ruff around genitals and a rough hat, but no ruff around the neck. That's just for the queen. Once mm. dressed, all presenters must process in a circle around a plinth, and upon that plinth sits a contract between the BBC and Buckhouse Royal Guys Incorporated, a company the Queen founded in 1951 to embezzle rare stamps with their own grandmother's head on them and also keep the BBC in check. The contract stipulates that when the Royal dies, all the presenters of the BBC need to process around the contract. It's unclear why might be a prank. Procession completed, all presenters re-enter the red elevator and go back to their respective studios. And on BBC's 1 through 4, plus CBBC and CBBS and BBC News 24, all presenters wait just off-camera to the left. BBC Parliament is exempt, but any remaining presenters who aren't on those first channels silently ring the House of Commons viewing galleries, all covered in ruffs, and just point at the bit where the Prime Minister sits as if to say, you did this. (laughs) And by this time, the picture of the smiling dead royal should just be about to reach 100% opacity on all the screens (laughs) in England. And at the exact moment it does, the camera should cut to a wide shot of an empty studio and the presenter flies onto screen as if running into the room, but completely sweatlessly because they've just been hanging out, but it looks like, whoa, but they've not got any sweat on them. And they sit down in a chair. At that point, the camera crash zooms into the presenter's mouth, who will say, 
dead. <laughs> Rule Britannia then plays, and a vision mixer will violently switch between the image of the presenter's mouth and the dead royal smiling, instinctually connecting the idea of the word dead with that face. This is known as psychological newsificated image dumping and was invented by the Japanese. You can't tell people stuff anymore. You've just got to show up. The news effectively communicated. The presenter can then relax, lean back in their chair, light up a cigar, shoot the shit about the royal. And they could crack wise about their bald head or their bad clothes or the fact they were just a child when they died. And this lulls the public into a sense of calm and will assure ensure that there aren't whales or gnashing of teeth on the strand or wherever the queen lives and the nation is safe once more no one can be afraid because the royal is dead and it's all fine again and then just as you think things can't get any better bam neighbors is on and that's how they do it it's down the red elevator up the red elevator procession on the camera say dead bam neighbors is on and that is how we keep this country british I don't know if you knew anything about the life of Prince Philip, but I've been alive a lot longer than you. And I remember a lot of his life from when I was younger. And he was therefore also younger. And he was just an exquisite man and we'd we'd enjoy his gallivanting around the globe and we'd enjoy what he said Hmm. to natives about the things that were different about them something that maybe he wasn't expecting to see and he would comment on it yeah but he was known for a gaffe is what i'm getting at and i just like to take us a tour on a tour of some of my favorite gaffes that made him one of the most lovable Prince Philip's that I think this country's ever had. I mean, this is the first one's a very, very short one, but I think it speaks to the truth of who he is. My fondest memory is of when Prince Philip turned up at the United Nations and went up to every podium and called every country a cunt. And that's that to me is just what hot-blooded Englishman hasn't dreamed of going up in a hot air balloon and looking just and just looking at the entire world beyond our bejeweled shores and just wanted to shout you're all shit you're all shit except us england and anything stapled onto it is fucking great i mean was that even a gaff i don't i, I thought this was a list of gaffs he was a yeah what they say? He's, a, he's a man of the people and like mm. i think yeah. but then there was also the time when a uh, prince philip was visiting a school and he was standing by some girls playing hopscotch and he was facing the wrong way and he had his head in a bucket and he just started shouting, what I don't understand is what be. And that's a real thing he said, right? It's just, uh, yeah. That's actually a thing that he said. But who hasn't had a little slip up like that? To me, it makes him more relatable, not like those inscrutable corgis. And then, of course, there was the time that Princess Anne was doing a jigsaw in the puzzle wing of Buckingham Palace. And Prince Philip just walked up to her and said, "Ye fucking twat, I'm going to run you over in a hovercraft just to watch your tits burst. And um, that is Prince Philip to me, just saying the unsayable. And uh, just <laughs> saying the unsayable was always the Prince Philip round-the-clock guarantee. 
And then there was the time he went to the Mirror Universe and he met the Mirror Queen Elizabeth II. But in this universe, the boat version of the QE2 sat on the throne and the human queen was confined to a swimming pool in the sodden quadrant of Buckingham Palace. <laughs> of course, Prince Philip thought was thought the swimming pool, he just thought it was a big posh toilet like the massive ones they have in the piss and shit mezzanine of Buckingham Palace Prime. So he just whipped it out and had a piss, just as the human mirror queen was backstroking elegantly by. Philip's stream of piss knocked a load of tiny Commonwealth leaders off of her tummy where they were having a disco. And he had to apologise by saying, what the fuck were they doing there in the first place, the bloody idiots? Always down to earth, always willing to admit when he was wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're all so upset today. He was down to earth the very earth that he will soon be interred unto and then there was the time that prince philip's spaceship crash landed on the moon of endor and his robot arm started spinning around and he slapped chief chirper on the face oh this this led to a short but amiable fight which ended up with prince philip ripping ripping a wicket in half with a bayonet and saying you know what that reminds me of my wife's family Luckily, Chief Chirper saw the funny side, but the Queen was just stood there with her mouth wide open. She nearly dribbled on her ceremonial Ewok nougat, which, ne- which nearly caused a diplomatic incident. Luckily, Prince Philip papered over the cracks by calling the Ewoks a bunch of hairy puffs. And after that, it was five minutes to nine, and we were starting the podcast in five minutes, so I panic-wrote these three sentences. Then there was the time Prince Philip went to a fancy dress party dressed as a six-foot cock and spent an hour doing a handstand. Then there was the time Prince Philip cried wolf, only he had told everyone there were four wolves and thought he'd beaten the boy who cried wolf because the boy who cried wolf only made everyone believe there were two wolves before he got ate by a wolf, which is really good, efficient crying wolf. <laughs> if, you just, if you just say, quick, there's four wolves out there. You're streets ahead of the boy who cried wolf. That sounds like one of those maths questions that they ask people trying to go to Harvard or whatever. (laughs) If if, if each wolf (laughs) cries wolf three times. You are recently employed to the position of a wolf crier who who has improperly cried wolf eight times. How many wolves must you claim there to be before the village people take you seriously? reddit.com slash r slash regular features with your answers, please. Then there was the time Prince Philip got a new gem for a crown off the internet, but it was the wrong shape for the crown, so he got really angry at the Queen for having shit crowns. And that is the kind of sentence I will take 60 seconds to write. I love (laughs) Prince Philip. I love you. (laughs) And I want there to be more Prince Philips soon. So I think the thing that's been upsetting me most about uh, the fact that the people's people prince is gone is that there are so many things that we never had the chance to ask him are now kind of forever lost like tears into a bin. Yeah. Like, what was it like? like? Yeah. Like what was, what sorry was that? What does your taint taste like? What did your taste ta- taint taste like? Yeah. I mean, you might have had to ask somebody else about that. What was it like before helicopters? For example, Ooh. I'd love to know how he ha- how he kept his hair looking so glossy throughout those almost a century, um, and you know, several it, decades where there was no actual hair gel. 
Yeah, exactly. Before it was like that weird time in history. It's like the BC, AC, DC, you know, time thing where it's like they didn't have helicopters or bill cream, which is mm. unthinkable now for like the image we have now of a cool helicopter pilot with the kind of slick tussled mm. hair and the aviator glasses. And, and no his scarf cream, going dangerously no close to the blades. All of that stuff is gone. Just being a naked yeah. man with bad hair sitting on a rock, probably. going. This, dock, is, dock, dock, dock. <laughs> this is a man that lived through swing dance, swing dance revival, and drill music. He's heard all three. That's nuts. And stomp. And, and stomp, stomp yeah. Which there. is kind of swing meets drill, if you think about it. So yeah, so there's lots of things that I wish we could have asked him, like like those sorts of things, and like you know the basic ones. I think we're all going to be kicking ourselves for a long time for not asking. You know, did you feel bad about killing Diana, or was it one of those like perks of the job, like when officers put free cereal and pastries on in the mornings? You know, it's like just the getting some context for that would have been really interesting, just to you know, because you should listen to old people. I think. Um, you know, find their stories, find their horrors, find out what was wrong. Um, but thankfully, that at school. We, yeah, we, we, one day I, I remember when, when I was very young. One our homework was one weekend was to go home and talk to your grandparents. <laughs> like, That's easy. What do you fucking do? What do you think's wrong with me? So thankfully, I have come into uh, I've come into a little a little book which can give us some insight into the past of. Prince Philip. When we were in the club with Paxo, um, while he was handing Joe stuff under the table with his very long arms on the other side of the table, he was also handing handing me a small notebook, which I have here. Timing bitch. So this is the diary of Prince Philip, one of his diaries, one of his most recent diaries. Apparently they're all going to be released to the public soon, so we can just kind of get it through. But I think it's interesting to get an insight into not the man that he was as a young man, but the man that he was in the past few years, when maybe he's been shying away from the private eye a little bit, maybe, you know, being told to just sort of like stay away from the the public eye, just just keep your mouth shut for a while, just die quietly, rich. Run some people over. Just man, stay just run someone. Yeah, that sort of time, right? Just get an idea of what was going through his mind through there. So I'm just going to, well, I'm going to read it to you, but you can imagine that it's in his voice. Dear diary, today I have made a major breakthrough. Bored of public stuff with Big Liz. Fed up with shite weather. Love my big house, though. Don't want to die. Increasingly looks like mortality is quickly catching up with me. Like a a black man that can run very fast. Still, Charles showed me around his big lush laboratories where he invents new organic biscuits and special royal penis pills that he uses to ensure his powerful conquests. You know, the sun may have set over the Great British Empire, but I'll be damned if my family can't continue to splash their splosh in any continent they'd like. So, well, originally, it was all just a joke. I was going to cook up my own batch of prick-enhancing gentlemen's poppets and brand them as big fillies. <laughs> Thought it might put a smile on the face of that bloody stamp-faced asshole I apparently call a wife. <laughs> uh, but there's b- bloody just all sorts. On her face. <laughs> yeah, don't even get me started, but I can't say these sort of things anymore, can you? Well, no. Well, there's, there's bloody all sorts of stuff in this laboratory over here. Gadgets, whatnots, uh, and a team of bloody top boffs ready and waiting to do our, well, mine, our willing. So I thought, sod it. Let's cook up the elixir of eternal bloody life. Dear Diary, again, 
Early results. Disappointing. Tried loads of chemicals. Even got into some of that Chinese nonsense, you know, tiger bones and whale dick tea and whatever other exotically horrible ideas I could conjure up in my dire imagination. Well, even tried to give it an Asian fusion twist with some of the home comforts available here in England. Snorting lines of crushed up rhinestones, you know, mashed up a couple of corgis and a swan and some sort of breakfast smoothie thing. They're a bit gamey, really. Taste didn't grow on me for a few weeks. Oh, and there's, there is, they say that old age is wasted on the old, but I certainly haven't been wasting the blood of the young. No, five litres of transfusions a week have me feeling absolutely tip-top. I even crushed one of the corgis myself this week, you know. Show those boys down the lab. There's still power in these old wrists, you know, much to their protestations. Sadly, the blood of the young won't keep me alive forever. But you know what they say, it's a good place to start. Dear Diary, again. Today was bloody fantastic. Literally just crashed my car for the banter. <laughs> Absolutely wrecked. <laughs> Hilarious. Nothing can kill me now. I'm literally invincible. Cutting those blood bags with bleach and cocaine was one of the coolest ideas I've ever heard. Andrew is a legend. Absolute legend. I can't even feel my skin anymore. And Big Liz keeps saying, Your eyes! Oh God, your eyes! But she's a fucking coin-faced tit and I'm replacing her. I'm not replacing her sodding corgis and I'll take you all on. I'll fucking, I'll fucking kill you. I will. Dear Diary, again, some more. <laughs> Everyone around me keeps telling me to stop drinking bleach. But in truth, it's a cocktail of at least eight cleaning products that I'm mostly washing down just to stop the taste of my own insides from coming back up. Smashed out the laboratory last week just to show those plebs who was boss. Charles crying on the floor into handfuls of broken bits of prototype shortbread, talking to plants, caring about nature, no son of mine. Now, what's good for the goose is good for the candle. And why shouldn't I just string them all up on meat hooks? Useless bunch of students. Anyway, what a kind of layabout shites would sign up for a clinical trial. The only kind of trials I'm interested in are the ones at The Hague. Most of them end up with the bad guys winning. Decided that I need a better heart than the one I've got. Anyway, it's getting a bit old. So I've bought one. That'll teach me for shopping on the dark web after a few sherries. Should be a good one, though. I think it came from a stallion. Dear Diary, again, sadly, for the last time. Now, years from now, this diary might find its way into the public to be rifled through by the unwashed undesirables, and I'm sure that you... As a nobody with a worthless life and no meaningful hereditary financial assets can have no understanding of the finer points of life. I expect you lounge around on your mobile phone listening to downloadable podcasts. It's too stupid and lazy to get off your ass. Get outside and shoot Johnny Foreigner or a pheasant or a deer. But even so, alone as I am now, I fear I must confide in you, the unknown reader, as I have no one else within my inner circle to appeal to. I am so tired. Drinking the blood doesn't do anything now, if or in all honesty, if it ever did. I don't know, I just got carried away with it. When we ran out of students, I locked the whole science team inside the facility, waited for days until I knew they'd all be weak, and then popped back in with a bolt-action rifle and bloody neck at the lot of them, one by one. Even drank the blood of a couple as I went. But it didn't fill the hole. Die, please, just die. It's not natural. That's what the doctors keep saying. That's what my wife keeps saying. 
Is it unnatural for an ancient racist to keep themselves alive indefinitely using vampirism and experimental drugs? Honestly, now, I just don't know. I long for death now, but it will not come. No matter how many cars I crash, how many hearts I surgically remove, some part of my DNA is now pure vampire stallion, galloping away into infinity without need for my human consent. So close to death and yet ever failing to grasp it. Ironically, what is left for me now, but simply to live. Wake up, get out of bed, mash up some small dogs and then get to work killing. Some days are harder than others. Yes, that's what the hard help are for. Spurring me and my family other forwards to the future while endlessly mopping up. The horror's just behind us, and who knows, if I don't die, and maybe I won't, maybe one day you'll look out across the sunset horizon and swear you can see a malformed beast in the shape of three horses covered in translucent human skin. Maybe they'll be mercilessly rending the life from a youthful stranger. And maybe, just maybe, that creature will be me. Lots of love. Peace out. The original Big Philly. R-I-P-P-P. I know. I know that that diary brought a lot of emotion to me. And if you did feel emotional as well, thinking about that, then just, just remember that he died doing what he loved, you know, continuing to protect his paedophile son. Uh, sorry, uh, none of that was recording. So if you can go <laughs> from the top, from the top again, right. okay, and uh, we'll just do that clean. Okay. It's all right? Yeah. Ba, 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 da. Well, that's it. Would you believe it? For the regular features podcast, the podcast that is exactly the same every week and as Every week, we are supported by your donations. If you like the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features. Work out how much of your tax was going directly to Big Phil's pocket and redirect it our way. The royalty of the airwaves. Maybe you uh, own a house in like Devon or Dorset or whatever. And like if you die and you don't have a will, it's going to go to... to um, Prince Charles. Mm. Maybe just give us your house. Oh, especially if you're really old. I mean, because we really yeah. don't want to wait. No, I'd rather not wait. If people could just give us a house in Devon, I'd really like that. And we'd record there. Yeah, we'd like, use I it. I can promise you that if you gave us a house in Devon, that would be our studio. As long as you also gave us a train. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give a us train, a free train. And, and laid down the internal infrastructure that gets you to Devon because there are no direct lines. So you, need, you need to kind of sort out this country first um, but hey you know what you get when you support us on patreon is a b name everyone who pledges gets a b name so please give a b name to daniel moore more bees please i'm mourning for dead phillips <laughs> and please give a b name to johan your hand is covered in bees! <laughs> <laughs> One B name, please, to Andrea Hall. 
adjustable beanch. Nice. And finally, a bee name for Caitlin. A wolf in bee's <laughs> clothing. We've just given up on using the actual Well, to be fair, one of the most popular original ones was just Thorax. (laughs) We'll be back next week with another episode of the Regular Features Podcast. Thank you and good night. Regular Ficheros.